Come on, you can stay standing for just a minute. I just want to pray over you because the presence of God is in the room. Did you all feel that in worship? I just want to say amazing job to the worship team because they let us linger a little longer. You know, sometimes when you're in the presence of God, we can become so familiar. I, too, went to a Christian university, Seattle Pacific University. I know what it is to have chapel. I know what it is kind of have that kind of duty, so to speak, although I hear y'all are on fire, which is awesome. And I hear y'all are lit up for Jesus, and we're going to go for the more of God. But I never want us to come into the presence of God and just be familiar with it. I want us to come into the presence of God with expectation for what he's going to do. And although we've moved away from worship, we're still in a posture of worship, right? And I just believe there's an encounter that's available this morning. And I was praying for all of you. I felt the Lord had me bring a specific word, but it's going to be a word of deliverance. It's going to be a word of freedom for some of you this morning. But I want an expectation. And I love the word that was brought forth from that amazing student just a moment ago, because I was praying through the distractions in the room as she got up. I was already in that vein of just going, Jesus, I thank you that not one student is going to be robbed from the invitation this morning, that there's a divine appointment. So if you're able to, and I'm not even going to ask if you're comfortable because I want you to get a little uncomfortable this morning, but if you can just raise your hands this morning, that may not be your norm, but let's do something a little bit different this morning. If you always stay in the same vein, you're never going to experience a different aspect of who God is. So just get a little bit out of your comfort zone this morning. I want you to raise your hands. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to get fully focused on the presence and the spirit of God in the room this morning. God, I thank you that you're going to encounter students this morning, that you're going to encounter a generation. Lord, I thank you for a freedom that's going to take place in hearts right now. There's a freedom that's going to take place in the spirits and the minds of these students because I believe there's a divine commissioning that's available this morning for the call of God on their life to our to their generation, to our society, to the city of Minneapolis and beyond. God, I call forth a release this morning of your spirit. Holy Spirit, will you come and just pour out in a powerful way this morning? God, will you anoint me humbly, God, that I come before you as a vessel, as a vehicle for the gospel. God, let it be undiluted. Let it be unedited. Let it just be a raw version of who you are, for we don't need just a nice chapel. We want an encounter with you, Jesus. So God, I ask for a fresh outpouring. Break down every lid. Remove every wall. God, we just invite you just to tear this place open, Holy Spirit, and do what you want to do. And I break off any apathy that thinks it can stay in this place. God, I break off any distraction that thinks it can still linger. And I ask God for you to come and intervene right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. And yes, I'm always this excited. Some of you are like, is this the way you, 100%. This is, this is me 24-7, and I used to try to dial it down, but life is too short, so just be you, right? I have a word for you this morning, and I just shared that with you, but I feel like the Lord wanted me to start off sharing a story, something that I personally walked through. Now it's been about 20 years. I can't believe it. One day you'll be saying that same statement. It was about 20 years ago, and you're like, that was 20 years ago? It happens, and it happens like this. But I found myself, I had graduated from Seattle Pacific University. I had worked in the fashion industry for about two years. While I was working in the fashion industry, I felt a call to traditional ministry. Now, ministry can look 101 ways, right, because our life is 
as a ministry, but I felt called to preach, and I felt like I needed more training in preaching, so the Lord called me to Sydney, Australia, where I went to a Bible training program over there halfway around the world because I felt like I needed more Bible training. It was a really intense program. We were in that program about six days a week. Our schedule was on lock, and we didn't have a lot of free time, but one day we had some free time, and in that one day of free time, me and some other international students, we got on our public transport because none of us could drive in the other, you know, they're on the other side of the road, so we're all a little freaked out. So we just relied on public transport. We're just going and we're seeing the sights of Sydney, Australia. Anyone ever been there to Sydney, Australia? It's a stunning city. It's beautiful. It's on the water. We're seeing like, you know, uh, the Sydney Opera House, Darling Harbor. It's beautiful. We're taking in the sights, but we're on basically going from one sightseeing moment to another sightseeing moment. Here we are on the bus. The bus is U-shaped, so to speak, with the seats. There's rows of seats in the front, about three rows, and then the rest of the seats are like a U-shape, and then there's poles down the middle of the bus, so like a commuter bus. People could stand, and it was going from one place to the next place. And I don't know about you, I'm someone that's very aware of everything around me. I'm someone that is probably overly observant. Anyone else like that? You may not think that I see you, but I see you. You may not think that I notice the vibe you're coming into the room with. I notice the vibe you're, you're coming into the room with. You may not be saying anything, but I already know your mode, right? And so I'm that person. So I was the only one on the bus standing up. I was holding on to the pole, so to speak. And then my friends were sitting down right behind me. I see this gentleman on the left-hand side. We're going this way. He's on the sidewalk and he's like yelling and his arms are flailing. And I can tell he's not in a great space. He seems angry. He seems, seems agitated. I watch a little bit more and I see that he's like cussing. I see things coming out of his mouth because you can read his lips at that point. And I can tell, okay, something's not quite right. Like I'm from California. So I know like mentally unsound, like, let's just be honest. Like we know weird, right? So, so I was like, I've seen that. Like I know that, but I'm, I'm watching this guy and I'm like, it's more than just mentally unsound weird. There's something more going on in the equation. And I realized very quickly, he has some demonic activity happening within him. Everyone, anyone ever been exposed to that? You know that there's some critters on board, right? He's not the only one home, right? And so I, I, I thought of a really like probably not the most godly thought, right? And the thought was this. I felt the bus begin to pull to the next bus stop to, to let people off and let people on. And I quickly realized in that moment that this guy, there was a good chance he was going to hop on this bus. And I thought to myself, oh dear Lord, please don't jump on this bus. It wasn't the best thought, but it was an honest thought. But exactly what I thought might happen began to happen. As the bus began to slow down, I saw this man go into a full sprint. As the bus driver opened up the door, this guy jumped on the bus. And as soon as the bus driver closed the door, this guy turned around and gave the most creepy, evil grin to the rest of the bus. And all of a sudden, what was just a sightseeing experience became a hostage situation. And so here we are just in a, trying to go to the next sightseeing moment. And this guy methodically and intentionally goes person to person and begins to say hateful, vile things about inches away from people's faces. He's like talking so furiously. He's spitting in the faces of people. I mean, it's intense. And all of a sudden, the atmosphere on the bus completely shifts because we all know if you give in to fear, it's incredibly powerful. So all of a sudden, a casual atmosphere of just going and sightseeing, all of a sudden there is tangible, palpable fear on the bus. Now you have to understand, who saw Lord of the Rings? 
Okay, I love myself some Lord of the Rings. When I saw Mr. Precious come on the screen all those years ago, right? He's scrawny, he's little. The guy that's on the bus, when I saw Lord of the Rings, I was like, oh my gosh, that is the guy on the bus. You have to understand, he was tiny, he was scrawny. I mean, honestly, I could have taken the guy out, like 100%, right? But it's amazing that when fear comes into the equation how paralyzed everyone becomes. There were grown men that were twice his size that were literally sitting there paralyzed in fear because it was a different force that was on the bus. So I'm watching this thing unfold and like everyone else on the bus, I too am terrified. I too am freaked out by what's happening. He is making his way down the bus. He's eventually going to hit me and my friends. Like, we know it's coming. And the bus driver keeps looking in the rearview mirror, and I keep thinking to myself, bus driver, this is your job. Like, what are you doing? Like, pull over and handle the situation. But he's so overwhelmed, he just keeps looking and then just keeps driving. And so I don't know about you. Sometimes you're waiting. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you're waiting for someone to take control when God's like, do you know who's in you? Because all of a sudden I was sitting there and I was watching this unfold and I heard the Lord say, you can choose fear or you can choose me. And in that moment, all of a sudden, this holy indignation, this holy annoyance, which is what I'm going to talk to you about today. I'm going to talk to you about getting your holy annoyance back. All of a sudden, my holy, this holy annoyance rose up within me, and I thought, no, he did not. No, he did not just get up on my bus. No, he did not just come up on my bus on my day off and interrupt and intimidate and say hateful, vile things to innocent people. All of a sudden, I had said anything but it's amazing the atmosphere shift that happens when we come into alignment with the power of God within you because God always trumps the demonic so all of a sudden I'm sitting there and there is a shift that happens within me and I tap into the spirit of God within me without me even saying a word that guy who was just a moment ago saying hateful vile things stands up and begins to beeline directly toward me because what was in him recognized what was in me just arose. I just got woken up. Some of you need to get woken up this morning. So I sat there and all of a sudden the sky's coming at me. I'm not thinking, oh my gosh, I got to do a breakdown of what's about to happen. We're going to do a quick deliverance teaching on the bus. No friends, this is real time. So you know what you do in real time. I just stuck my finger out and I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you filthy spirit to get out and to shut your mouth. You're not going to say one more word. I command you to shut your mouth, to go to the front of the bus, to sit down. And when the bus driver opens up the door at the next stop, you're going to get up and you're going to get off this bus. You know what that, you know what that spirit did? That spirit went like this. It was coming right at me. It dropped his head. It backed all the way up to the front of the bus. It turned around. It sat down. The bus driver pulled over immediately, opened up the bus, and that guy got up and got off the bus. Now, what did everyone on the bus do? They looked at me, and all I knew to say in my 20s was, that's the power of Jesus. Friends, some of y'all have forgotten who lives within you. I came here this morning to tell you, you need to get annoyed at what the enemy's been doing with your generation. 
You need to get a little annoyed about what the enemy's been doing in your life, how he's been harassing you. Some of you need to get annoyed about what he's been doing in your family line. For too, do- for too long, the enemy has nickeled and dimed you. And it's time you stand up and you begin to enforce the freedom of Jesus Christ of what he did for you on the cross at Calvary. For too long, you've allowed this annoying little thing to harass you. I'm going to quickly read a scripture. We're going to talk about Acts 16. I'm going to just hit it and hit it hard. It says, now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much fortune telling, much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. But Paul greatly annoyed, say greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace with the authorities. Verse 23, let's skip ahead. And it says, and when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, someone say at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Come on, get your worship on. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prisons were shaking. And immediately, all the doors were open. Everyone, say everyone. Everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword. He was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. And then he called for a light, ran in, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas, and he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You will be saved, you and your household. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and immediately he and all his family were baptized. And when he brought them into his house, he set food before them, rejoiced, having believed in God for his household. Why is this so important? Because Paul got annoyed, people got free. Friends, I want you to know that when you get annoyed, people are about to get saved. Households are about to get transformed. Generations are about to be shifted. But you got to get annoyed. See, Paul allowed this spirit of divination to follow and harass him. But on day three, Scholars and theologians say he had had enough. He drew a line in the spirit. Some of us have been allowing things to trail us for three years, three months, three weeks, three days, whatever it may be. You insert the timeline of how this thing has been trailing you. But I just felt like the Lord wanted to activate the annoyance of God. I'm not talking fleshly annoyance. I'm not giving permission for you to get petty or judgmental or clap back or call out your friends or just be a part of that culture that is actually so toxic in our community. No, no, I'm not talking about toxic culture. I'm talking about a holy annoyance, a godly annoyance that is you saying enough on my watch that I am actually going to walk in the fullness of who God has called me to be so that by me walking in my full identity, it's actually going to have a ripple effect, a domino effect in the community and world around me that when I walk in freedom, I bring freedom. See, 
The word annoyed, when you look up various translations, a synonym for annoyed is exasperated, angered, worn out, bothered, irritated. Anyone feel worn out, bothered, irritated, exasperated? Anyone relate to that? Friends, you're annoyed. What about allowing God to use that annoyance? What about actually shifting that to actually activate you? Because it's your annoyance that actually activates your authority. You got to get annoyed in order to activate your authority. I had to get annoyed on the bus in order to take authority. I kept waiting. Remember, I was in another country. This isn't my country. These aren't my demons. This isn't my people. This is your people. These are your demons. You all need to handle this. See, we're looking at people that we think are the ones that need to handle the issues. Friends, What if we as the church, what if we as followers, disciples, believers of Jesus, what if we actually rose up and began to walk in the spirit of God, the promises of the word of God actually became activated in our life. Imagine what we would change. See, just like Paul, I think we need to stop playing nice with the enemy. We have a mentality, if I just don't, if I don't disrupt, interrupt, if I don't push too many buttons of the enemy, then I won't be challenged. I won't have to walk through battles or obstacles. No, 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 no. Friends, he's going to go after you no matter what. You might as well walk in an authority that is unintimidated. Because if you live in a culture where you're constantly trying to play nice with the enemy, at the end of the day, he's going to rob parts of your destiny. There is no playing nice with someone who is out to kill, steal, and destroy you. See, you don't have to cohabitate with the harassment. See, I believe there's a mentality shift that God wants a generation to have. There's a mentality shift that I believe God wants to release this morning. See, I look at a generation and I begin to look up stats over your generation. And I'll be honest, I was sitting there going, Jesus, this is not your destiny. The stats weren't awesome. There was lots of labels that the world and society and psychologists have put on your generation. Anxiety-ridden. Let me read some stats real quick. This should annoy you. Can I, can I just annoy you this morning with some stats? 23% of your generation has been di- diagnosed as clinically depressed. A quarter of your generation, you should be ticked off about that stat. 18% have been diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. Unacceptable. The suicide rate for people aged 10 to 24 years old has increased by 56% from 2007 to 2017. In 10 years, it increased 2017. Friends, do you understand what the enemy is trying to do with your generation? And see, he's getting us so focused on our stuff that we can't even see the person beside us that is absolutely falling through the cracks. But if you actually get free and you actually begin to see who God is and how big he is, that's when you begin to recognize someone's jailhouse can become their place of encounter. That you're actually not intimidated by the darkness. See, what I love about Paul and Silas, they were in jail. They were lock, stock, and barrel. They were in solitary confinement. They had chains on their wrists. They had chains on their ankles. What did they begin to do? They begin to pray and they begin to worship. What did they do? What is that? That's changing the atmosphere. What are you speaking? What, 
What atmosphere is your mouth creating, declaring? What's your heart meditating on? What's your conversation sound like? What's the activity in your life look like? Why am I going here? Because it's the atmosphere in which you're creating. You want freedom in your life. There has to be an intervention with the Holy Spirit in your life. See, there's some things that have been, I believe, trailing even people in this room. As I began to pray over people in this room, there was stuff I saw trailing that I felt like the Lord's like, they need to get annoyed this morning. Some of you need to get annoyed at that depression. It's been taking you out. It's maybe not all the time, but I heard the Lord say it comes on a regular basis. You'll do great for a couple months, and then you'll have a really bad swing. That is not God's highest for you. Can I, can I declare that over you? Jesus did not die on the cross so you had temporary freedom. Jesus died on the cross so that you had full freedom in your life. Depression, I don't care. I, I want to break a mentality. I want to break a mentality. I don't care if your mother struggled with depression all her life. That is not the assignment of God over your life. I don't care if it's a generational curse. I don't care if everyone in your family line has been on medication for anxiety and depression. Did you know because of Jesus? Come on, somebody. Did you know that you don't have to walk in depression or anxiety? It's called the blood of Jesus. Some of you need to get activated in who is within you. You've just been accepting it because you've been told by your family. You've been told by doctors and society this is just the way you are it's not God bigger is your God not bigger if he is not bigger oh he's going to become bigger today I hope you're getting annoyed this morning not at me in Jesus name but with the enemy some of you have been having this anxiety following you You've had to manage your social life. You've had to make sure f- situations or circumstances are safe so you feel comfortable all the time. It's affected your quality of life. It's affected your ability to connect, build community, build relationships. Get annoyed. Fear, insecurity, jealousy, addiction, suicidal thoughts. They come and they go, come on, get annoyed. You have an incredible life. The enemy would not be going after you so hard if he didn't see the threat you are to the kingdom. Allow your battles to prophesy what you carry, who you are. Anger, critical spirit, that eating disorder, those nightmares, constant stress and worry. There has to be an annoyance that is rising up in a generation. Let me end with this, and I'll invite someone from the worship team to come up. We live in a really supernatural culture, right? Movies, TV, a lot of our media is based on supernatural stuff, right? We love it. We love the supernatural. We love the things that are unexplained. But the church has done a massive disservice to a generation that's been raised on supernatural. Don't lose your focus. I know the worship team's coming up, but stay dialed into this point because it's really important for you to catch this. You've been raised on supernatural, but you haven't seen supernatural in the church. 
So the supernatural in the wor world and the counterfeit version of supernatural actually feels more powerful and big than the supernatural power of God because you haven't seen the supernatural power of God. But nothing could be further from the truth. I grew up in the 80s. There was a guy by the name of Carmen, cool guy, whatever. But he had this song called The Champion, and we loved it. Like, I went to a Carmen concert, had the t-shirt, the whole thing, right? But this, but this whole, this kind of whole premise of the song was Jesus, of course, is the champion. But it was Jesus in a boxing ring with the enemy. And we would all cheer, and the enemy would get some blows in of Jesus, and Jesus would fall. But then Jesus got up at the end, and then there was this countdown, 10, 9, Eight, you know, it was like so dramatic in the 80s. Everything was very dramatic in the 80s. We've chilled out a little bit for sure. But it was like this countdown and everyone's cheering, Jesus, get up, get up. And then Jesus gets up and does one final blow to the enemy. And we all cheer because Jesus is the winner. Here's the problem with that though. It's not theologically accurate. It's actually completely theologically unsound. Because here's facts. Satan isn't even in the ring. He's not even in the building. When Jesus shows up, the enemy cannot stay. The enemy doesn't get any blows in on Jesus. Jesus doesn't fall from any blow from the end. It's like Jesus is like, yo, nice try, get out. Like our God defeated death. He defeated every sickness and disease. Our commission is to raise the dead, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, set the captives free. And yet we're just trying to get away from a little bit of anxiety just to make it to our class that we can just feel good for the day. And God's like... It's such a jacked up version of what's available to you. Friends, you got to get annoyed over your life. What quality of Christian life are you actually living? What version of the gospel are you actually allowing to be activated in your life, like for real? Is it a non-supernatural, my God is really small, he just got some blows from the enemy, but we're just making it version? Or is it like, oh no, you came onto my bus, and you don't get to be on my bus, devil. I'm actually going to, Jesus and I are on this bus, and Jesus is driving it, and I'm walking around with the authority of Christ Jesus within me, and I'm making sure what's sitting on the seats of my bus line up with what the gospel says over my life. So self-hatred, you got to get off my bus. Depression, you got to get off my bus. Suicide, you got to get off my bus. Fear, you got to get off my bus. I believe there's freedom this morning. You can walk out of this chapel in the exact same bondage that you came in with, or you can come up to the altar this morning, and we're going to lay hands on you, and we're going to cast off every oppressing spirit that has tried to trail you, because there's a generation that's got to get activated in who you are. See, I believe there's a freedom. God told me this morning it's a morning of deliverance. 
Today is a morning of freedom. Because there's a gospel that's raw, that's real, that's undiluted, that's available, but you got to access it. You got to choose to receive it. You got to partner with it. You got to break agreement with the enemy. How do you break the strongholds of the enemy in your life? You break where there's been access points. You break where there's been agreement and you come into agreement with the word of God. Maybe it wasn't by accident I wore a tiger jumpsuit. I've just been roaring at you this morning. I'm passionate about your freedom. I'm passionate about you getting activated in your authority. I'm passionate about you getting annoyed at what's been robbed from you, what's been nickeled and dimed from you. Come on, friends. I want you all to stand this morning. I don't want you to think about the person on your left or your right. I want you to respond for you this morning. I want you to respond for the destiny of God over your life. You're at the perfect time in your life. You've got so much life ahead of you. Imagine if you get free now, full, like for real free. Imagine what's available. Imagine what's possible. But you have to choose freedom. You have to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to put yourself out there. You have to be willing to have courage this morning. It's going to require you to be brave. It's going to require you to be uncomfortable. But friends, it is worth it. I myself have come to the altar countless times in my own life for freedom, for breakthrough. I'm in the journey with you. But I know it's possible because if God can set me free, he can set you free. If he can break bondages in my life, oh, friends, he can break bondages in your life. I'm here today walking in freedom. Why? Because I activated the authority of Christ Jesus in my life. If you feel harassed this morning, if what I've talked about this morning, you're like, that's me. It may be consistent. It may be once in a while. Friends, it doesn't have to be at all. If you want freedom, and maybe I didn't call it out this morning, but you know, like there's something in your life, you, you know what it is. I want you just to make your way. I want you to leave your seat. I want you to come to the altar because we're going to lay hands on you and kids are going to get free. You guys are going to get, I, I believe there is a transaction. I don't want you to hesitate. I don't want you to think about the person on your left or your right. You got to get over your reputation. You got to get over that ego and you got to just come. Because the presence of God is already in the room, but the deliverance anointing is in the house. I'm going to invite this faculty, and I'm going to invite those that have been approved, students that have been approved to pray. And we're going to make our way, and we're just going to, if there's some, even some anointing oil, we're just going to go. We're going like old school on you guys. We're going to like anoint our hands with oil and we're going to come through but I want you to stay engaged with what God's doing to you because this is actually between you and Jesus this is a moment I went with your own mouth to begin to lay it to the Lord I want you to begin to give it to God because there's a transaction that's about to take place in worship team I just want you to begin to prophesy I want you to declare freedom because there's a freedom that's available in the room right now